Welcome to studentofthebible.com. I'm your host, Renee, and I'm a Bible student. I'm glad you are, too. Thank you so much for joining. Pray for discernment and ask God to show you how you can share this information with others and be a blessing. Welcome to part two of my series on the occult and the Bible. Recall that the word occult means secret or hidden and involves gaining secret hidden knowledge or, in other words, trying to obtain knowledge or to obtain control that's not ours to know or control. During our first podcast, we introduced a quick history of witchcraft and the religion often associated with practicing witches called Wicca. We discussed what it is and why God doesn't want us to practice it. We serve a holy and jealous God. And when anything or anyone replaces our need for God, in the very powerful words of the Bible, God hates it. We uncovered the practice of Wicca is cleverly wrapped in love of nature, and in many cases, the elevation of the power of women. So, not surprisingly, it's recently attracted young women who are moved towards compassion for nature and who are vulnerable to believing that they can control their own universe, not through acknowledging the existence of God or the presence of sin, but by placing good into the universe and expecting it back. And in their own words, they describe witchcraft as a spiritual system that fosters free thought and will of the individual, encourages learning and an understanding of the earth and nature, thereby affirming the divinity in all living things, unquote. We reminded the listener that God calls us to worship the creator, not the creation. There's no divinity in rocks, water, sun, moon, or stars, nor should they be given special significance in determining the direction of our lives. In today's podcast, we're going to look at mediums, psychics, uses of seances and astrology to determine what the Bible has to say about these practices. I remember when I was maybe 10 or 11 years old, I attended a sleepover where many of the girls were a bit older than me and they wanted to do a seance. I had no idea what it was, but it certainly sounded exciting. I remember we're sitting in a dark circle and calling out to see if there were any spirits who wanted to say something. Thankfully, no spirits answered our plea, and we ended up in a bunch of giggles. I also remember hearing stories of girls who could levitate someone using just a few fingers. So we tried this as well, using the smallest person in the group, and we surrounded them. And I remember we tried to lift them up just using two of our fingers, well, this ended with our friend landing on the coffee table with a loud crash that sent the parents running into the room. <laughs> Probably a good thing. Anyone remember playing Bloody Mary? 
so many variations of this, but our version was you would repeat the name as you walked down the stairs in the dark carrying a mirror. You were then supposed to turn your back in the bathroom and look in the mirror, and then you were supposed to see Bloody Mary's spirit, and she was supposed to reveal the future, like the name of your future boyfriend or husband. Thankfully, again, she failed to show up. Honestly, not sure what a bunch of 10-year-olds would have done if her spirit actually did make an appearance. You know, come to think of it, I may have had a bad group of friends. (laughs) But here's the thing. This is very real. The spirit world is very real. And we're told numerous times in the Bible to not tap into it. It's not a joke or a child's game or a parlor trick or a a good bachelor or bachelorette activity. It's dangerous. 2,000 years ago, the people of Jesus' day, well, They were used to being surrounded by mediums and astrologers and magicians and psychics. And this is talked about throughout the Bible and specifically in the New Testament in the book of Acts. And, you know, it seems that once they started to learn about Jesus, they started to realize that maybe they should avoid these practices because it was counter to what Jesus was teaching. People who followed these activities were doing things that weren't consistent with being a Jesus follower. Well, today I think we look at these activities with less fear and more of a cavalier attitude. There was a blog done by the Dean of Theology at uh, Grand Canyon University here in Phoenix, Arizona. And I like what he says. He's quoted as saying, we tend to not take the spirit world as seriously as individuals did in the Bible. It's important to keep in mind that while some people may view it as innocent fun, there are others who take it very seriously. Demon possession is just as real today as it was in Scripture, but it's often manifested in ways that maybe aren't so obvious, unquote. Nope, I don't think we do take the spirit world as seriously as they did in the time of Jesus. But People really do interact with the demonic world. And it can go from fun and meaningless to something really dark really quickly. Demonic possession and oppression are real, and it does still happen. Dabbling in this area can be a slippery slope. As we saw last week with our study on witches, The Bible talks about the danger of mediums, psychics, and fortune tellers, and the use of astrology to help determine our future. There's a story about King Saul that's summarized in 1 Chronicles 10.13, where it says, King Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord and even consulted a medium for guidance. Now, the story is told in 1 Samuel chapter 28, verses 1 through 20, and this is in the Old Testament. The backstory is King Saul. He's the first king of Israel. Now, he's overwhelmed by the size of the Philistine army that's approaching. So, instead of turning to God for answers and waiting for God to respond, 
he turns to the occult for wisdom. Now, his longtime prophet, Samuel, who was a man of God, who um, God helped him make decisions because he consulted God. Well, now Samuel's dead. So King Saul doesn't know what to do. Remember, God uses the Bible, uses Jesus, uses the Holy Spirit to speak to us now. But sometimes, as we know, God doesn't answer us immediately. And when that happens, that means we're not supposed to know the answer. Not supposed to go seek information elsewhere just because we're impatient and don't want to wait any longer. The occult uses sources other than God for their information. Did you know that? Well, what other source could there be? Well, if the information doesn't come from God, then it comes from demons and the devil. Can you see how this might be a bad source of information? So the Bible talks about the ancient nations who had no knowledge of God, and therefore they were susceptible to wanting to know and control the future by consulting the sun, the moon, the stars, mediums, psychics. But God wanted his people to know that that information's not from God. It's from the enemy, Satan. So God says, I tell my people what they need to know when they need to know it. God wants us to come to him with our questions. Well, sadly, sometimes our desire to know and control the future causes us to place hope in ungodly practices, like seeking fortune tellers or mediums. God wants his people to know that Satan will use these practices to give people false information or distorted information. So here's what happens to King Saul. And this, again, is in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 28 verses 1 through 20. And it starts out, in those days, the Philistines gathered their forces to fight against Israel. Achish said to David, you must understand that you and your men will accompany me in the army. David said, then you will see for yourself what your servant can do. Achish replied, very well, I will make you my bodyguard for life. Now Samuel was dead and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in his own town of Ramah. Saul had expelled the mediums and the spiritists from the land. Now here's an aside. That was a really good thing that King Saul did this. He got rid of all of the mediums and the spiritists, but now as you're gonna see in desperation, he's gonna wanna seek one out. The story continues. The Philistines assembled and came and set up camp at Shunem, while Saul gathered all Israel and set up camp at Geboa. While Saul saw, <laughs> Saul saw, that's hard to say. While Saul saw the Philistine army, he was afraid. Terror filled his heart. He inquired of the Lord, but the Lord didn't answer him by dreams or Urim or prophets. Saul then said to his attendants, find me a woman who is a medium so I can go and inquire of her. There's one in Endor, they said. So Saul disguised himself, and this is important. He's not going as the king because, again, he banned them as king, so he's going to put on a different costume. Putting on other clothes, and at night, he and two other men went to the woman. 
Consult a spirit for me, he said, and bring up for me the one I name. But the woman said to him, Surely you know what Saul has done. He's cut off the mediums and spiritists from the land. Why have you set a trap for my life to bring about my death? Saul swore to her by the Lord, As surely as the Lord lives, you won't be punished for this. Then the woman asked, Whom shall I bring up for you? Bring up Samuel, he said. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out at the top of her voice and said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, Don't be afraid. What do you see? The woman said, I see a ghostly figure coming up out of the earth. What does he look like? He asked. An old man wearing a robe is coming up, she said. Then Saul knew it was Samuel, and he bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? I'm in great distress, Saul said. The Philistines are fighting against me, and God has departed from me. He no longer answers me, either by prophets or by dreams. So I called on you to tell me what to do. Samuel said, Why do you consult me now that the Lord has departed from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done what he predicted through me. The Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hands and given it to one of your neighbors, to David. Because you didn't obey the Lord or carry out his fierce wrath against the Amalekites, the Lord has done this to you today. The Lord will deliver both Israel and you into the hands of the Philistines. And tomorrow, you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also give the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistines. Immediately Saul fell full length on the ground, filled with fear because of Samuel's words. His strength was gone, for he had eaten nothing all that day and all that night. Unquote. I want to explain a little bit of what happened here when King Saul contacted a medium. This time, God intervened, which is likely why the medium like, is so freaked out. It was God that brought Samuel back to life in spirit form to give King Saul this warning about his faith. Basically, you're going to be dead tomorrow. Again, God is against all practices that do this. This time, God intervened to teach Saul a lesson, but we should never contact the dead or try to communicate with the dead. If God wants us to know something, he will tell us. Well, let's think back. Honestly, this temptation has been around since Genesis chapter 3. Satan's major focus has always been to divert our human heart away from the worship of the true God and to make us believe the lie that we can become like God. We seek guidance from psychics or mediums or maybe people who read tarot cards and we're going to talk in a minute about people who look to the stars for answers. We believe in the power of people over the power of God. Look, the Bible tells us we don't need to fear Satan's power, but we do need to respect it. And we need to stay away from it. We should never seek it. In the New Testament, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says, Greater is he who is in you, so that's the Holy Spirit, than he who is in the world. 
Okay, well, that's good news, but don't tempt it. Satan can create a lot of harm, a lot of havoc, and a lot of destruction, even in the lives of believers. However, if we belong to the Lord, there's no power that can ultimately defeat us. But when we give our lives to Christ, part of that is repenting for our sins. And this should include renouncing any involvement with witchcraft, psychics, mediums, just like the early church believers did in the book of Acts. They renounced all of their previous occult activities. Now, the Old Testament talks about not consulting the dead. We read that one story about what happens to King Saul when he does that. Isaiah also talks about it. Chapter 8, verse 19. When someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? In other words, why seek any power away from the real source of power? Why seek spirits who aren't the Holy Spirit? There's a story in the New Testament in the book of Acts where Paul rebukes a woman who was a fortune teller. This story is told in Acts chapter 16. Now, in the ancient Greek and Roman culture, people legitimately, I say legitimately like they honestly did, make a living by interpreting what they would call omens in nature or they would communicate with the dead. And it seems from the Bible that there were people who could really do this. So the story told in Acts 16 is about this woman who actually could predict the future. But she's not getting her information from God. Instead, she's getting her information from an evil spirit. So the story goes that Paul and Silas, well, they know this. And so they confront the spirit and they call it out in the name of Jesus Christ. So then the evil spirit does come out and she loses her ability to tell the future, which is how we know it didn't come from God. Well, this makes her slave owner really unhappy because she was the source of its income and it ends up being quite a problem. Okay, so I have a question. Can anyone be given a gift from God to predict the future? Or does this only come from the devil? Well, this is actually a really good topic for a future podcast. The quick answer is, yes, you can receive uh, this gift from God. And there is a difference between a prophet who receives their information from God and a psychic who receives their information from spiritual sources outside of God. So, how do you know if something you hear someone say is actually coming from God then? Well, quick answer, pray. Pray for discernment. If it comes from God, it won't contradict God. It won't contradict his word. The final occult practice we're going to talk about in this podcast is astrology. Would you have considered that an occult practice? How many of you know your zodiac sign? You know, astrology actually started in Babylon. 
It's been around since about 1500 BC. The word zodiac comes from Greek, and it's a word that means sculpted animal figure. So, should Christians believe in zodiac signs? Is it harmless? Well, you know, according to a Pew Research study that was done recently, 2018, roughly 30% of all people in the United States believe in astrology. Well, there's a very good reason why Christians should not believe in the zodiac signs. Those who practiced astrology in the Old Testament, they were put to shame. And in the New Testament, Paul also refers to the practice of astrology as something that needs to be cast out and repented for. Astrologists believe that an understanding of the influence of planets and stars allows them to predict and affect the destiny of individuals, groups, and even nations. Zodiac signs are considered a part of astrology, and astrologists will analyze the position of the planets, the sun, and the moon at, let's say, the time of someone's birth, and then they interpret the stars to therefore predict your personality and your future. Now, this practice absolutely goes against God and his plan for your future. It's evil and it displeases God because it's based on a person's interpretation and it makes people vulnerable to the power of persuasion instead of free will and God's divine plan for your life. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 22 says, Abstain from every form of evil. Every form, not just some forms, every form of evil. And then Romans chapter 12, verse 9 says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. In scripture, God commanded the Israelites to reject all the Canaanite practices of divination Divination is obtaining knowledge through the spiritual world. This included astrology, fortune-telling, sorcery. Now, as we learned earlier, these practices were considered an abomination to the Lord. Deuteronomy 18. They're not innocent bachelorette games or Sunday afternoon pastimes. We are to run from these things, including checking out our daily or monthly horoscope. God is clear in scripture how he feels about us seeking guidance, direction, or clarity from anything that is not biblical. When we believe in zodiac signs, we're believing in the astrologist's interpretation, not God's, of how the alignment of the stars affects our personality or future. This can create opportunities for evil spiritual forces to come in because you're placing your hope and faith in stars instead of God. Think about this. Believing in your zodiac sign and someone else's sign can cause you to begin to make excuses for your behavior. 
and the behavior of those around you. I've actually heard this so many times. Oh, so-and-so acts that way because they're a Libra, or no wonder she's such a loudmouth. She's a Sagittarius. You know, the behavior isn't a zodiac sign issue. It's a sin issue. Do you see how the devil promotes this? The last thing he wants you to believe in is sin. Checking out someone's zodiac sign, not a good way to find out if they'll be compatible with you. How about actually talking to that person, getting to know that person, and praying to God for discernment about that person? You know, the evil one wants you to become totally self-absorbed and to forget that you, all of us, are first and foremost beloved children of God. And our goal as Christians is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves, not to seek wisdom from the stars or mediums or tarot cards or fortune tellers, but to seek wisdom from the Holy Spirit. If we attempt to use God's creation, like the stars and the planets, for the purpose of trying to figure out ourselves, well, that's going against what God originally created them for. They were supposed to bring him glory, not to replace him. Deuteronomy 4.19 says, And when you look up to the sky and you see the sun, the moon, and the stars, all the heavenly array, do not be enticed into bowing down to them and worshiping things the Lord your God has apportioned to all the nations under heaven. Deuteronomy 17.3 And contrary to my command, has worshipped other gods, bowing down to them or to the sun or the moon or the stars of the sky. All the counsel you have received has only worn you out. Let your astrologers come forward, those stargazers who make predictions month by month. Let them save you from what is coming upon you. Surely, they are like stubble. The fire will burn them up. They cannot even save themselves from the power of the flame. Here are no coals to warm anyone. Here is no fire to sit by. That is all they can do for you. These you have labored with and trafficked with since childhood. Each of them goes on in his error. There is not one that can save you. That was Isaiah. Chapter 47, verses 13 through 15. And then Jeremiah, chapter 10, verses 1 through 2. Hear what the Lord says to you, O house of Israel. This is what the Lord says. Do not learn the ways of the nations or be terrified by signs in the skies, though the nations are terrified by them. I love C.S. Lewis, and I really encourage you to read his book called The Screwtape Letters, or better yet, if you can even see the play, it's easier to understand. Now, in the introduction of his book, and this book is about the devil, C.S. Lewis wrote this. There are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devil's. One is to disbelieve in their existence. 
The other is to believe and to feel an excessive unhealthy interest in them. C.S. Lewis then goes on to say, honestly, the devil's perfectly happy with either one of those extremes. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, that we are not to be ignorant of the devil's tactics. Guys, please know, the occult is one of his many tactics to ensnare human beings. So we need to be aware of it, and we need to avoid it. In summary, Deuteronomy, Old Testament, one of the books of Moses, chapter 18, verses 9 through 12. It crams more terms for the occult into one place than anywhere else in the Bible. Eight occult activities are specifically spelled out. Divination, fortune-telling, interpreting omens, sorcery, the use of charms, mediums, wizardry, necromancy. They're all involved in the attempt to get a hold of knowledge that's ordinarily hidden. Remember, that's what occult means. And the way of getting it is through the spirit world and mysterious supernatural forces, not from God. You know, one way to think of it is the occult is a fake gospel. It's an artificial version of the truth that God offers in Jesus Christ because the true gospel promises true knowledge, doesn't it? Not bits of trivia about the future, but true knowledge of God in yourself and all that is right and good. The gospel offers true power, not the power to manipulate and control people to accomplish our will, but the power to love God and others and then live in fellowship with God as we were created to do. And the gospel offers the true way to obtain this knowledge and power. It's by humbling ourselves and confessing, look, we are sinners and that we don't understand everything that we should, and therefore we need God to teach us. And that honestly, we can't do anything of value by ourselves, and we need him to strengthen us. When we do this, God opens our eyes to understand, and he fills us with the strength of God who rules all things. This is what Paul was talking about in Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Our next podcast will be on spiritualism and new age. Are they occult practices too? Find out in our next podcast and have a blessed day.